I've mentioned in the past that we have a prayer list at church that um, people that are going through various things, uh, requesting prayer, will let us know. And so we put it in our, you know, in our weekly email corresponding and it's in our bulletin, those kinds of things. And so we, you know, as a body can come together and be praying uh, for people as they go through various things. You know, some of those things revolve around decision making, uh, maybe a move is in store or something like that. But predominantly, one of the largest things that um, that fills our prayer list are physical needs, sickness and illness that people are going through. Uh, some like cancer, uh, some have had surgeries, um, some are going through chronic kinds of illness that hasn't even really been defined yet. They're not even, uh, doctors are still trying to figure out what it is. And as we spend time, you know, as a body praying, uh, and as I get a chance to spend time talking to folks as they go through these things, um, even as of, as of late, um, uh, a couple of uh, a couple in our church has, has got COVID, one very significantly. And so, you know, as we, uh, as we as a body pray for these folks, again, as I get a chance to spend time talking to and praying with folks in our church as they go through these things, uh, I am constantly reminded, and as of late, it seems much more pronounced uh, in my own heart and mind at least, um, the recognition that though we live in this life, we're obviously consumed with a lot of things in this life. We understandably live in the midst of it. And so we find ourselves thinking about experiencing going through things in this world. But as we are confronted with significant illness, we are confronted with our mortality. We're confronted with the fact that um, that there is a, a very real possibility in some cases that um, the end of someone's race is coming up, you know, and, and there's a really a standing potentially on the doorway to eternity. Uh, again, I'm reminded, and I think very importantly so, and again, it seems quite poignant to me personally these days, more often uh, than I recall recently, um, just coming to mind the importance of recognizing that though we live in this life, we're not really ultimately made for it. Um, and I think there's a gift in recognizing that. I think there is something very important and precious about understanding the frailty of this life uh, as a fleeting thing, a vapor, as Solomon might say, uh, with the recognition that there is yet an eternity ahead that we were ultimately created for. There is uh, an entrance into the very presence of God in a very different way than we've ever experienced in this life. Those of us who are believers know what it means. Uh, at least, you know, most of us uh, at some point or another have had some opportunity to really sense the presence of God in our lives in a very meaningful way. But no matter how meaningful that may have appeared in our lives even right now, there's a time when we'll actually go and be with him, receive our reward, stand in his presence, uh, hear well done, uh, spend eternity with him. Uh, we'll enter into that, that new and final season where we'll be with him forever and we'll experience the joy that is in his presence forevermore, um, the pleasure that comes with being in the very presence of the one who made us to know him and to enjoy him forever. And uh, to, to think on those things, to allow those thoughts, those lofty, eternal, uh, heaven-anchored thoughts to make their way in and invade this life, again, I think is a gift because it's, it's, it, it's almost too small a thing to say that it gives us perspective. It certainly does that. But it does so in such a uh, hyper-important way that, again, I just think it's something very precious that God gives us. Um, I'm, I've been reading lately through the pastorals, uh, you know, 1st, 2nd Timothy, Titus. And, of course, when you read uh, through these letters, and especially 2nd Timothy, you realize that Paul is writing at the end of his life, and he says something here that 
was screaming at me, you know, as I was reading it this time. Uh, and I'm going to, you know, if you've got your Bible handy, of course, I, hopefully by now we kind of always have it right there at our hand, uh, ready to grab the Bible. But uh, if you would open to 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, this is starting in verse 6. Now, again, probably if you've ever read this letter, you're, you're familiar with this passage. You probably already know where I'm going. But let's read it. For I'm already poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I've kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Um, a precious, precious promise, a reminder, an acknowledgement uh, from someone who, at recognizing he's at the very tail end of his life, his days are now coming to an end. He's going to go be with the Lord. He's speaking in terms of having finished He's run the course. He's kept the faith. He's, he's finished his race. He's now at the end. He's at the finish line. And now he looks forward to that which is just now a very short time ahead. And that is that beautiful crown of righteousness that the righteous judge will give him. Um, all rooted in the idea, all in uh, as a, a reward for loving his appearing, looking forward to seeing him, knowing him, and loving him, and looking forward to being with him. Uh, there is, you know, there's, there's, Paul has written so much theology in his letters. We think of Paul, we almost immediately think of the depth of theology that he gives us. Uh, to the point where when we think of Paul, we think of, of course, the treatises on law and grace. We think of the ideas of eschatology that he brings forth. Um, the, 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 the wonderful depth and richness of his understanding of eternal truth that he gives us and we have this wonderful theological richness in all of Paul's writings, sometimes we miss the humanity of the man himself in the midst of all of that because we're, you know, not wrongly, but just we're soaking in all of these great teachings and gaining deep understanding. Um, but this is one of those places where certainly we could give a great three-point sermon on this passage, you know, if we wanted to, to dig into it the, from a purely theological standpoint. And of course, we don't divorce theology from what we're talking about. But we don't want to miss just the simple, basic, straightforward humanity of what's going on. Paul is, he knows he's about to die. Paul at this point is really just a short time away from the time when he'll stand, uh, stand up and, and, and give one last testimony and ultimately he'll be beheaded. Uh, and he'll go to be with the Lord whom he has served these many years. The one, uh, the Lord who he opposed with such fervor for such a, such a time in his life, but then ultimately met him and became a believer. Uh, the point I'm getting to really, and I guess I'll just jump right to it, is that to live with the perspective of eternity at the very heart of our place and space and time brings with it such a sense of clarity and purpose. It drives us to approach life from a very different vantage point, one far less distracted by the trappings of life around us. Um, and much more with a sense that every one of us is just a breath away from standing before the one who made us to know him. And it's hard for me to imagine uh, at this point in my life, and I've, I've been a believer now for coming up on about 30 years, which is a drop in the bucket compared to some. I mean, some have been walking with the Lord for more decades than that. 
And um, but I find myself at a place where it's it's difficult for me to even imagine what my life would be without him. Um, I remember what my life was like before I knew him. But even that I see within the context of having come to know him, having come to put trust in Christ, for him to take me by the hand and lead me through this life since that day. And to know that he's been watching over me even prior to that. Angels have been there guarding those who are inheriting salvation. And I think about the things that could have ended my life early or could have uh, destroyed me in some in some way that would have been irrecoverable prior to knowing him. But knowing that none of those things happened because I was one who would inherit eternity. And to think of my life devoid of that is something I, I really struggle to do. Um, and I... I consider the the reason for that being that he has just so flooded my existence in ways that not only don't I deserve, but are just clearly a gift from his hand. Um, life is something that we we cherish and oftentimes we do everything we can to hold on to. But the beauty for the believer is that this life is a brief vapor that is still filled with meaning as, as we walk with God and come to know him. But for a believer, the best is yet to come. For a believer, there is a threshold we'll walk through that will put us in a place and in a proximity to him that will make everything that came before seem a fleeting and fading thing. Um, I find myself nowadays, you know, and I, I'm, it's funny, I'm not an old person by any means. I'm, I'm still a pretty young person uh, but at least I think so but I find myself more and more and more even in the midst of the busyness that goes on and I have a pretty busy life there's you know I'm pulled in a lot of different directions a lot of times and I really have to fight to find time just to think and to read and to consider and certainly to pray and all the, the important things that we should be doing you know that help build our our lives in Christ but I find that more and more uh, I find myself thinking about these things that, you know, at any given moment, I could just cross a street. I could uh, be in the wrong place at the wrong time, quote unquote, you know, and just find myself leaving this life behind and being with him immediately. And there was a time when I thought, well, you know, I mean, am I ready for that? Or is there stuff that I want to do? Are there things in life that um, that I really feel I need to accomplish before I can really go and all that kind of thing? And uh, and you know, when I think about the capacity of the Lord to take care of everything he wants to take care of without my help, it reminds me of what a blessing it is to be about his business in the days that I do have. Uh, even as the psalmist would say, you know, teach us to number our days that we might apply ourselves to a heart of wisdom. Uh, we might gain that heart of wisdom. You know, I, I recognize, you know, the beauty in that. But at the end of the day, my life is really always on the threshold of eternity. All of our lives are, not just mine. All of us really stand on the precipice of eternity. But I wonder how many of us take time to think about that and to let that affect and even invade the way that we approach this life. I wonder if there's something about the secret of what it means to be a, a light for him, a witness, a testimony for him. It's not so much about all the doing of things and focusing on what can I do to accomplish that purpose to be a light for him. But simply thinking about the fact that we're going to be with him, to get to know him better as we study the word, to, you know, this is given to us, that the word of God is given to us so we might know the God of the word. 
And as we spend time just growing in our relationship with him, the, the, the testimony, the light, all these things, the opportunities to be so, just present themselves. God lays out these works before us, even as Ephesians 2.10 tells us. But knowing him, that's something that is a daily invitation for us to recognize the, the fleeting nature of this life, to know that at any given moment we might stand before him. And everything that we do, whatever, or I should say, whatever we might be doing in that moment, when everything changes, when we take the last breath here, we take our first breath there, when sort of, when whether we even realize when it happens or we just all of a sudden are there standing in his presence, whatever, however that happens, whatever that form that takes, that looks like the transition from here to there. Um, anything we're doing in that moment can be an offering to him, can be done for him, can be an act of worship to him and that kind of thing if we're thinking about the fact that we're always close to seeing him now, i understand for many the thought of dying oh this is could be the end you might matter of fact you might have been listening to everything i've just said for the last you know 13 minutes now and uh and thought oh my gosh how morbid why would you ever think of such a thing grab life and you know and, and you know uh, uh all that kind of thing carpe diem you know all that kind of stuff and you're thinking, why would you ever think about dying and all that's so morbid? Well, if you don't know the Lord, it's terribly morbid. You know, it's if you don't know the Lord, then really what what you might be hearing me say is talking about the great unknown, because to you it is unknown. Um, but those who know the Lord, whether it's Paul, John, Peter, uh, so many that, uh, you know, through the centuries uh, of the millennia now have walked with him, and have always recognized their nearness to being with him and have cherished every opportunity to think about such things. It fills the believer's life with such richness and such hope and such joy to know that, that, that the greatest joys we experience in this life pale in comparison to being in his presence where there is fullness of joy because he's our portion and we're with him. Uh, and even on the other end of the spectrum, the worst circumstances we could ever find ourselves in at all are really just a dust, a dust, dust in the wind, a vapor, you know, <laughs> boy, I digress, but, uh, um, you know, but just a vapor that, that is here now, but is soon to be a, a forgotten past memory, something that may even just be seen in its full context when we stand in the presence of the all-knowing one. Um, again, I, I, this just, it's a gift to consider that one day we'll see him face to face, and why not allow that? to be the great motivator, the great undercurrent, the great platform upon which everything in our life is built, the foundation upon which we rest and, and stand. Um, you know, I, I don't have some big, deep, you know, point by point thing to say here. I guess I'm just going to kind of wrap by saying this. Uh, I found myself driven to prayer thinking about uh, those who are going through very difficult things in our church. And from time to time, we all find ourselves to varying degrees going through things that seem overwhelming to us or you know, bigger than what we can, you know, maybe get our minds around or even feel like we can handle. But God is there with us. And he's there with us in a very real and meaningful way. And that is sort of just a taste of, the, of what it'll be like to be with him, free of any of the encumbrances of this life, free of the limitations of this body, uh, free of all the fears that accompany so much in this life, uh, separated now finally and forever from any uncertainties, one day we'll be in his presence and no such thing as concern will ever enter our minds. We'll always be with him and be concern free. We'll be completely free. And that's a thought worth considering in this life 
And in considering it, we also find that it gives us a true and genuine sense of perspective about what this life really is all about. Not the fleeting things that we so often chase after, but rather the eternal things that have invaded time and have drawn us to them and have invited us to come to consider and to build our lives upon. And so, anyway, just, just a few minutes of musing about these things. And, uh, and anyway, I hope there's some encouragement in that. I hope that uh, if you're going through a very, very difficult thing right now, that you understand that there's a time limit, there's a shelf life, there's a, not just a time limit in the shelf life, but there's also a sense of understanding that this does in fact fit into what God is doing in preparing us to move from this life to the next from this very temporary, short vapor into the eternal, the real. Uh, it's kind of like a reality check. You know, where's our head ultimately connected to? What is our, What are our eyes truly upon? Where's our heart truly lie? Um, things to think about, pray about, to bring before the Lord and to allow Him to mold and shape our heart, our thinking, our passions and desires, our goals and ambitions, um, all of these things can find their place anchored ultimately to the person of Christ and the fact and knowledge that will be with him forever. So do pray for one another. Do pray uh, to the Lord as you go through things. Lift up your brothers and sisters. Um, and as we do, as we think about, uh, as we're faced and confronted with things that are beyond our ability, even, even, even uh, ultimately at our own mortality, recognize that these are things that don't have to be um, morbid, depressing, they don't have to bring us down necessarily, but we can understand that these things have a place in our purpose as we make our way one day into his presence. I'll end with a, a story that just came to mind really just like just now. I was sharing with a friend of mine recently, um, uh, years ago, about probably a good 20, 25 years ago, uh, there was a woman at our church back in Illinois who, uh, as I recall, she had cancer. But every day, and she was bedridden uh, at the end of her life, um, really just in her final days as, as she was succumbing to the cancer. And of course, we all prayed for her. We wanted to see her healed and all of that. But in her life, God was bringing her to the end of her life, and, and she was going to go home and be with him. And uh, I remember, and this was really formative for me as a believer, as a young believer, um, because you know, I was learning the Bible. I was learning what it meant to, to experience the joy of the Lord in my life as a young Christian and everything. But this, this was something I hadn't yet thought about. Um, every day, uh, she would wake up and she would be bummed out that she was still here. She so desperately wanted to be with the Lord. And it was so much more than just, I don't want to suffer anymore. I don't want to have to feel the, the suffering of cancer and that kind of thing, or you know the things that she was physically dealing with that were ultimately taking her life. It was so much more than that. She wanted to go be with Jesus. And I, I to this day, remember the sort of the impact that that began to have on my thinking about what it meant to be a Christian. It wasn't just, you know, having theological answers for people in other faiths to be able to bring an apologetic and answer. And it wasn't, it wasn't only that kind of thing. That was definitely a part of it. It wasn't just living a different kind of a life than I did before. That, that was part of it. You know, Paul, we're reading, I just read out of 2 Timothy. Well, throughout 1st, 2nd Timothy Titus, Paul talks about the beautiful uh, importance of, of, of how we live our lives as a testimony of those outside. But it was more than that. In her, I saw somebody who really had the clarity of mind 
to think, you know, I am going to go meet my maker now, and I can't wait. I had never thought of that. I had never crossed my mind, but it never has left my mind since. And um, and so, I guess maybe you know, maybe I could have saved us twenty minutes and just told that story and signed off. But um, but it's sort of a cap to what I'm talking about. The idea that Jesus at the very center of our lives, not just as a religious practice, not just as a person whose house we go to on Sundays, not just as uh, part of a meeting in the course of a week, but the all-consuming passion of our lives, being anchored to, rooted in, intrinsically linked to, built entirely upon resting fully on the person of Jesus and knowing that one day we get to go see him face to face. It really puts some fire to the Maranatha, come quickly, Lord, doesn't it? Um, and so whether it's through rapture, whether it's through passing, whatever ends up happening that, that, that brings us from here to there, that is a thing to be very, very excited about. And I would just pray that we'd all let that excitement, that knowledge, that reality flood our lives today to become the thing that our lives are really based upon and built around. Father, help us with that. We pray that you would help us in our hearts and in our minds to long, truly and deeply long, to see Jesus. That the thought that we might see him at any given moment wouldn't be a scary thing, wouldn't frighten us, um, but rather would fuel us, would fill us with a sense of joy and wonder, of awe and inspiration, the thought that one day we'll get to see his face, we'll get to hear his voice, we'll get to be with him. We'll leave this life behind, this life that is filled with trials and tribulations. Certainly it's filled with great joys, but it's also filled with great uncertainties and fears and all the other things that come with it. And Father, one day we'll be in your presence where there'll be no fear, there'll be no concern, there'll be no um, suffering, there'll be no pain, it'll be over. We'll be there in the place with the one that we were created for. Father, let those thoughts flood our hearts and minds even right now. We love you. We thank you for saving us through the finished work of your Son on the cross. We thank you that he loved us and gave himself for us. We thank you that he took our sin upon himself and gave us his righteousness, that we might be free and forgiven, that we might be able to, to know that we'll stand before you unafraid and unashamed, fully just filled to overflowing with the joy of the Lord. Because in your presence, as it says in Psalm 16, is fullness of joy, how we long to see you. Thank you, Father. We love you. We praise you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.